Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance card. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Roto, it's good to be back with you. Definitely. uh, Here on a Tuesday as we get set. Uh, Busy time in sports right now, man. You got the NBA playoffs couple of game sevens in the NHL tonight. And if you don't watch NHL playoff hockey, tonight is the night to watch. Because game seven, everything on the line, uh, it's going to be fun. So I, I, I've not watched hockey as much as I used to, but I think i got to tune in for those game sevens tonight. I'm going to tell you, and this will probably tell you how old I am. Years ago, I'm watching a game seven at my grandparents' house. It was the Islanders against the Capitals. Kelly Rudy was the goalie. Oh, I remember was, Kelly Rudy. Right. He was pretty good, right? But they didn't get Sports Channel then. My grandparents didn't pay for it. So they, I had, you know, you ever have it like snow with a squiggly line? Yes. And you could kind of see it, but not really. That's how I watched Game 7 of the Islanders Capitals, Ronis. It's crazy. Man, I remember Game 7, the Devils Rangers, the year they won the Cup, man. Yep. Oh, I was yeah. actually working at McDonald's, and in the basement they had a radio, and I made sure that I was doing the dishes that night so I could be in the back, <laughs> and I just put that on blast so I could hear it, and I just went nuts. When was Mateau that Mateau, scored. Mateau, yes. Mateau, Mateau? Yeah. Yes, and I just went nuts. Like, you just, it must have been like, what the hell's going on back there? Because I just, like, I'm putting this on blast so I could hear it, and, you know, listening to the call on radio, too, you, you really get the sense. I mean, baseball, to me, is the best sport to listen to on radio, but, uh, you know, the hockey, the intensity, and if you get the right announcer, so... Uh, yeah, it's just a good time at sports right now. Baseball, full swing, draft coming up this week. You know, April's always a good month for sports. We had the Masters, yeah. college basketball renters. April's a really good month for sports. Well, speaking of college basketball, I don't know if you just saw it. Cole Anthony, Greg Anthony's son, committed to UNC. Yes. He was the number one overall player in college in high school basketball this year. So that's a big get for them. Yes, and they usually uh, always get good players anyway. They do. All right, so by the way, speaking of the NBA basketball, I had an epiphany. I think Damian Lillard is the most underappreciated star in the NBA. I think Portland's going to win this series. I think they're going to win the next series. You're really going even, out on a limb saying they're going to win up 3-1. I think, they're gonna, I, think they're gonna, I think they could win the entire Western Conference, Ronis. I think they're that good this year. If they could win this series, it could propel them to the NBA Finals, and people will finally realize how good Lillard really is. I think anyone who knows basketball know how, knows how good Lillard is. I mean, you just watch him play, and you know uh, – I don't think they can make the finals. Uh, I think this is just a case of Oklahoma City playing poor basketball. I mean, Russell Westbrook has been terrible shooting the ball. ball. Was it 5 of 21 last game? Paul George has struggled. I'm sure he doesn't, he's not 100% with the shoulder. So uh, it's not to discredit Portland because I think they're a solid team. Uh, I would have liked to see them with Nurkic. Uh, that was a big injury. They were for, fortunate that the, to get Cantor, but. Uh, the next round, they could potentially win because I could see them beating Denver or San Antonio. And uh, the one thing that shapes up for them is they'd only have to beat either Golden State or Houston. So that's, that's right. where it really sets up well. Uh, but I, I don't think they beat Golden State or Houston. 
And admittedly, and I watch a lot of NBA, I've never really watched a lot of Bucks games. But man, this Buck team is pretty darn good. They're big, they're long, they're tall, and they play unselfishly. I think this team, I'd be shocked if this team doesn't make the, uh, the, the, the finals, Ronas. Uh, again, you watch them play the Pistons, and the Pistons are terrible. Terrible. And, the terrible. Bucks, and the Bucks are a good team, don't get me wrong. But they were made to look a lot better because, you know, Blake didn't play the first game. He's been banged up. Uh, and Detroit's just not that good. So uh, I think this series against Boston is going to be difficult. Boston has played them well. Boston, if it goes seven, Boston could win. I think if it goes seven, Boston can win this one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously the Bucks are the favorites. I think they're like minus 250. But, you know, Boston's not the team you really want to see because they are playoff tested. A lot of their bench had to play big roles last year. Kyrie Irving is a beast in the playoffs. We know Stevens is a good coach. They have depth. Gordon Hayward it looks like he's finally healthy. He played well in the second half. He played well in the first round. Again, not much to take away from that series. The Pacers without Victor Oladipo, just not the same team. I'm not surprised they swept. But I'd much rather play the Sixers and the Celtics, that's for sure. Uh yeah. I mean, the Sixers, to me, you worry about them in their youth and Embiid and Simmons. So uh, when they turn it on, I mean, they're a really good team because when Embiid's healthy, he's just it's, it's tough to stop him. Right. But I think that the, the trade of Marotic is really helpful because that guy is long. And he shoots real well. I don't know. It's just a, I don't call him a star, but he's a very good player. And Chris Middleton, man, he can make it. He can create his own shot. Not not many guys in the NBA can do that. Yeah, and I think you, they needed to add another shooter. So when Giannis drives, uh, and if he's doubled, he can kick it out. And Meritich gives him another shooter. You know, Brooke Lopez can hit the three. Middleton. So that's what you want to do. Is you want to have a lot of shooters to space the floor and. They do have that. So I do think the semis in the East are going to be tremendous. I mean, Buck Celtics is going to be fun, and it should be uh, Raptors and Sixers as well. And, uh, you know, that, that will be a good series too. So I think we're, we're going to get some really good semifinal playoff matchups. What looks like we're headed for Golden State-Houston, which is going to be insane. And uh, we still have, you know, a good series. Denver-San Antonio has been a good series. I've watched most of those games. It's been fun. Uh, so that really looks to be the, the one competitive series left. And uh, – Three teams have an opportunity to close it out tonight, all of them at home. Did you read the article on ESPN about Popovich and his the, the dinner reservations at like the finest restaurants and the wine and the food? And he's like, he gives out a $10,000 tip at a, at a $500 meal. But the big story was these players go out together with each other. And they know each other and they bond as a team. And they think that was back when the Spurs were really great. That was one of the driving things behind it was Popovich, you know, demanding that of his team. Yeah, I mean, it's clear he's been one of the best coaches in the NBA for many years. And, you know, I think some people dislike him because of the way he is with the media. I really think, and I was thinking it more about the other day because I saw them do, you know, one of those interviews between quarters. I think it is the stupidest thing. I don't, and I understand why he's sarcastic with that. Like you're asking this guy for his strategy for the upcoming quarter. Why the hell should he give it away on television? They should just do away with those interviews. They're such a waste. Even sometime after the game, I'm fine with it because, and some of the players give you insightful stuff. You know, Embiid has been pretty uh, revealing with some of the stuff afterwards. Uh, obviously, Russell Westbrook has been a pain with the next question stuff. But the, the interviewing the coaches at halftime and between quarters, it's just the dumbest thing. Do away with that. What are we getting? We're getting nothing from it. You could see Popovich 
doesn't want to give you anything. So why are we wasting our time? I'm surprised they haven't pulled those interviews. It does nothing for the viewer. Yeah, it really does. It's nothing for the viewer. I, I th I'd much rather hear whether it's Reggie Miller or Weber or somebody talk about the game than go to that stupid interview with that girl there, whoever it is, talking to Popovich. And look, I always laugh because I think I like his sarcasm, but I could see that people get annoyed by it. But uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. There was a big trade, by the way, in the NFL. I don't know if you just saw it, Ronis. They were talking about the Jets trading the number three pick for Frank Clark, which was insane. But Frank Clark ends up going to the Chiefs. For the 29th overall pick, a second round pick in 2020, uh, 2020, and uh, they, they're going to switch third round picks as well. So the Chiefs get a guy to improve their defense, Adam. Yeah, they give up a lot, though, man. A this, lot. This, this is, guy's not a star. He's good, but man, this is crazy. Uh, and I know the Chiefs need to improve their defense, but they still have a lot of question marks here. You know, we still don't know about Tyreek Hill. <laughs> is this guy going to play? Uh, now they lose a first round pick and next year's second. Uh, you look, and they got to sign Frank Clark, too. You know, you, you don't make this deal and not sign him. Now Seattle gets an extra first-round pick, and obviously they're going to need those picks with the contract to Russell Wilson. So uh, it's, it's, it's a lot to give up, man, for, for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are in big trouble. I do. I think they're in big trouble. I think Tyreek is going to get suspended. Maybe not for the whole season. Maybe not kicked off of the team. But I think this is going to be at least a four to six game suspension. I mean, I don't know how it isn't. So you lose Tyreek Hill, right? You don't have Kareem Hunt. I know you have Damian Williams, you have Kelsey, but you have Sammy Watkins, who I don't really trust 100%. And did they lose Chris Conley as well? Uh, I don't recall that. Did they? Uh, I not think they did. It... Let me take a look. I thought they did. Didn't he sign with some team? I'll have to take a closer look there. But I'm sitting there and like, I just don't oh, think... Oh, yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville got him, right? So they have Demarcus Robinson, who I never thought highly of. They need a second, another receiver in the worst way. And you're giving up a second rounder? a third. You're switching third rounders? You're giving up a first rounder and all this for Frank Clark? I don't know, man. I don't think Frank Clark is a difference maker. Well, this is another example of how people always say, oh, well, the Chiefs were so close. They went to overtime. They almost beat the Patriots. Well, they'll get there next year. It's never guaranteed. We see this time and time again in every sport, but especially football. It's so difficult. Yes, you have Patrick Mahomes, and you love watching him play, but there's some question. You take Tyreek Hill out of that offense, man. That's a, that's a big problem, man. He just he commands so much defensive attention. Teams are so worried about his speed. And if you ha if he's gone, uh, it's a big void there for Kansas City. It is. It's it's a huge void. I don't know. I, I he might be the most irreplaceable. Well, not I would say Kelsey, but he'll maybe more. He'll maybe more irreplaceable than Kelsey. He returns kicks. He returns punts. He's that guy that you can use in a hundred different ways. I mean, he is so invaluable to that. He's the difference maker on that team, on that offense, because you can go to him whenever you need him. You lose him for any significant period of time. Look, I love Patrick Mahomes as much as the next guy, but I'm not sure that uh, he's, he may not be my first pick in fantasy next year. There's very few guys in the NFL that can consistently on any given play take it to the house 60, 70 yards, and Tyreek Hill is one of the few. Right, exactly. How many guys can do – ask yourself that question. How many guys can do what Tyreek Hill does? Three? Four? I don't even know if it's that many. Beckham? Who else, Adam? Yeah, very few. And by the way, the Chiefs have a reached agreement uh, with Clark. Five years, $105.5 million with $63.5 million guaranteed. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of money. 
That's a lot of money, dude, for a guy who, I mean, I know he's young. I guess that's the best part of him. He's young, and I think that you think you can build around him. Maybe that's better than what they thought they were going to get at 29. I'm sure it is. I mean, he's an established player. But I don't know. In the NFL, it's about getting as many good players as you can at, at, at cheap contracts. And that's not one of them. Yeah. And, uh, again, it made sense for Seattle if they weren't going to pay him. Obviously, they're going to need cheap uh, draft picks, uh, especially with the Russell, Russell Wilson's contract and getting paid. So, uh, you know, it make, made sense for them uh, to get that return if they weren't going to pay him. All right. So other things that, that are out there in the, uh, the NFL draft, we're hearing a lot about these quarterbacks, Adam. We're hearing a lot about Locke and we're hearing a ton about Daniel Jones and Haskins and which teams are going to move up. Do you think these guys are more like the year? Do you remember the year with Christian Ponder and Blaine Gabbert? Do you think this group of quarterbacks, it reminds you of that group? Or do you think this group of quarterbacks can be better than that? No, nah, I don't think it's that good. And it happens. You know, just quarterbacks are in, in such demand. There's always plenty of teams that need a quarterback. And they trick themselves into thinking, okay, yeah, this guy can be the answer. And we see it so many times. These quarterbacks go in the first round just because there's not good options and teams – fool themselves and then they wind up years later like oh what did we do we wasted a first round pick so this is not the year man it's just it's not a good quarterback class and uh i think i saw the over under on quarterbacks taken in the draft was three and a half and uh in the only, first round in the first yeah, round yeah i think i'm taking the i'm gonna go over i'm it gonna seems go over like we're headed that there you, you got to think obviously kyla murray haskins jones and maybe Locke. i'll tell you why because you want the fifth year and if I'm in later in the second round, I want to come back into the first round to try to get the guy for that extra year. So I think I'm taking the over in that. Yeah, I think I would too, based on some of the indications. And I'm sure there'll be some late buzz of uh, someone looking to trade up or this quarterback moving up rankings. But uh, it certainly seems like at least three for sure and a good chance that we see four. Did you hear that the, I don't know, the rumor also is the Patriots are looking at that kid, Will Greer, for, out of West Virginia. I don't know if he goes in the first, but he's going to go early. He's going to go by, by, the, by the second round for sure. Yeah, I'm sure the Patriots are going to look for a quarterback, I would think, in this draft. Can you bet that on, on, uh, on the FanDuel Sportsbook? Like if the Patriots take a quarterback? No, the three and a half. Uh, I, I didn't see it on there, but I'm pretty sure, yeah. Usually there's always something that you, you could do that. That's a pretty safe bet. I don't know about safe. Nothing is safe ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Nothing in betting is ever a lock, right? This is the lock. I, th that sounds like an action. Everybody's got a lock for you, but it's never a lock, right? Right. And until it's final and then, yes, okay, now it's a lock. But, yeah, just you never know because, again, you're just hearing these stories. You don't know what agents are putting out there, what teams are putting out. So uh, it's not a lock, but it would seem to me that it would be in that direction, that it would be over. Okay. Uh, sorry, I had something going on here with uh, my article on Scout had a mistake in it, Ronas, and it has to get fixed. I'd said that the Lions trade the eighth pick. I was doing some trades I think should happen in the NFL. And it said the Lions trade the eighth pick overall to the Tampa Bay Bucks for, for the number five pick and a first round pick in 2020. And it wasn't what I meant. It was meant that the, the Buccaneers were going to get the pick from the Lions, the, tw the, the first round pick. So what I was trying to do was come up with trades that made sense, right? So I thought that the Lions might want to go up to the Bucks to the Bucks spot and be so be able to take a guy that they need. Like, do you think that that happens a lot of times where you sit there? You know, you're in a draft, right? You're in a dynasty draft. You need to jump over people who you think are going to take the players you want. 
Yeah, if you really like a player and you know that he's not going to last to you and you think it can really be an upgrade for your team, then yeah, you're going to have to to make that deal. Now, there will be other situations where you go, okay, you know what? Uh, there's a defensive end here at five that we really like, but there's another defensive end that we have just slightly below that we think can make it, so we don't need to make the deal. But if there's just one guy that you have eyes on and you think he's the real deal, uh, and you believe in your scouting department and analytics and they're telling you the same thing, then yeah, you, you got to make that trade. I always look at it and say, how many guys do I like? So let's say I'm three picks away. Do I like these three guys? If I like these three guys, I'll stay. If I only like two, I may be willing to deal at them. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing too in a draft. I'll always be like, all right, there's three guys I want in four picks. Oh, damn, they all win. It's, that sucks. It does. All right, we'll take a look at some fantasy baseball when we return right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Rain dance! Make it rain. AT&T has dropped the NFL Network from a lot of its packages, but now we're hearing not only Disney, Amazon yeah. and Google are also said to be going, you know what, guys? Uh, we'll take the games. So you could very well, over the next year or so, not need a satellite dish in order to be able to get Red Zone and the Sunday NFL ticket. It might just be streamed via Amazon, Disney, or on Google. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back for Scout Fantasy Sports here. Ronis, I asked, I don't know if you ever had this happen to you. I tried to, I bought, I bought something on the internet and it's been like three months and it never got delivered. So I finally said something and they go, oh, we came to see that your order was lost in transit. Uh, we have two solutions. We can send you a replacement or refund you. How would you like to proceed? What would you have done? Uh, it depends on what it is and how bad I wanted it. I'm assuming you didn't need it that badly if you waited three months. So, <laughs> Well, no, I wanted it. I was like, maybe it's going to come where it's going. So finally I go, I would like to try the product. Can you please send another one? And can you upgrade the delivery at your expense? That's what I wrote back to, to them. And they go, thank you for your cooperation. You'll be informed as soon as your order will be shipped. Does that mean I'm getting better uh, delivery? Uh, you should hope so. Hopefully if it gets lost in transit this time, it's only a month. <laughs> 
you know, they, they do like this data mining on Facebook where they go on to whatever you see and then they put it in oh, your... Uh, it's crazy. It's you creepy. Know, I, I think it. sometimes they actually hear what you talk about. I remember talking <laughs> to someone about something and then I see the pop-up ads. I'm like, I didn't click on this anywhere. I was just verbally communicating to someone. And right. I didn't even have... I have an Alexa, but I don't use it. I've used it like two or three times. It's off now. So it's not even that. And I was like, this is crazy. So it's this stupid thing where there's like a ball attached to a string, but you can hit it. It's like a it's like a tennis ball thing that comes back to you. Does that make sense? Yes. So, right. So it's kind of like that that stupid game that you, with the paddle, like a paddle ball, except this is with a tennis ball. So it's not really that complicated. How hard is that to lose that? Uh, it's you never know. Maybe one of the guys took it off the truck, and you, you never know. Used man. it for himself. Decided yeah. to bring it home to his kid instead of my kid. Who knows, man? He's like oh, he opened the box. Uh, you never know, man. There's a lot of. Uh, scandalous crap going on out there <laughs> well you know what it is a big thing people leaving packages by your front door and then people oh, yeah. stealing them that's I a see, big thing i was t yeah I, I take a walk every day and i was taking a walk the other day and i saw that amazon prime truck leaving in front of someone's house i'm like man this is pretty bad this is a main road kids walk by from school you know how kids are just take it maybe they just kick it or you know open it and yeah, it's pretty pretty rough, man. Although I think that house did actually have a camera, which is something that uh, you don't see much anymore. No, but they should. Don't they have these things? Was it Ring where you can see a picture of who's at your front door? Yeah. I, that, that's a brilliant invention because, you know, especially when you live in the suburbs like I do, people can leave stuff outside all day and just take that crap. Yeah, it's messed up. I mean, there's got to be a better way because you know someone's going to take a valuable package. Right. It's Christmas time. Your people, just, I just go up and down the block and start taking your stuff and bring there it to my go. family. And there you go. Santa's delivering. <laughs> Sa saves you money. Now you just got to hope you don't get caught and face some time in jail. Right. Could you imagine going to jail for stealing people's Christmas gifts, dude? How bad? How pathetic are you? Yeah, that would be pretty bad. You oh might want to protect your butthole on that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> amongst other reasons <laughs> all right there's one afternoon baseball game Ronis. the detroit tigers are playing the boston red sox chris sale on the mound four hits in four innings two earned run one home run and eight strikeouts i was ready to play him last night in dfs but uh, he wasn't available to me because the game was postponed but he was like eighty three hundred dollars in dfs which was a criminal yeah, I mean, you could understand why some people probably still wouldn't go to him, but I think he made improvements his last start, and obviously has had some extra rest here, especially with the rain out. Uh, so, you know, he's looked pretty good so far. The pitch count is piling up. He's up to 87 pitches in the fifth inning, and there's a runner on with nobody out, but he has struck out eight, only allowed four hits, two walks, and gave up a solo shot to Grayson Griner, the catcher, to lead off this inning. So we haven't talked about it because uh, I wasn't here yesterday, but, uh, man, the New York Yankees losing Aaron Judge. How is it possible that all bad things can happen to the same team? I know you don't like the Yankees, but, man, this is brutal. Yeah, this is just shocking of how bad it has been. Now, they are going to get Gary Sanchez back likely tomorrow. Stanton might not be that far. Still haven't seen any timetable on Aaron Hicks, and uh, I think we were all kind of worried about him since it is a back, but the Aaron Judge thing is just brutal because he was one of the key pieces that stayed healthy and was actually producing, and we had yet to even see a real hot streak from him where he goes on this home run tear, uh, and that's a big injury, and I was very high on Aaron Judge going into the year, having him in a couple leagues, and uh, it's a big loss, and they said it's a severe oblique strain. You know, we're looking at probably six to potentially eight weeks. Well, it's normally three weeks for an oblique, but this wasn't just a regular oblique. When they said this was a serious oblique, I think you're right, right doubling the time. 
Yeah, so it's it's unfortunate, and you just look at the lineup they put out there last night. It was brutal. And Clint Frazier, keep an eye and see if he's in the lineup. I was watching that game, and I think it was the 13th inning. He went to slide back into second base, and he jammed his ankle, and it did not look good. He stayed in the game. His comments afterwards were, yeah, you know, I was in pain, but, you know, we have a lot of injuries right now, and I, I got to toughen it out. I wouldn't be surprised if that thing swelled. And he was out of the lineup today, and he's obviously been one of the biggest waiver wire pickups. And it's a lesson because I think, and it happens to all of us, we go to the waiver wire and we go, well, Frazier's good, but is he going to get the at-bats? You know, Hicks will be back, Stanton will be back, but you just don't know what can happen. And it, there are going to be times where it doesn't work out, where you pick up the guy, and yes, in a week, he loses at bats. Maybe Danny Santana's that guy for Texas because Rudnett Odor could be back this weekend and maybe picked him, people picked him up over the weekend and he goes to the bench and doesn't play. But Frazier was a real talented prospect and you knew if he got the opportunity and hit, they're not going to take him out of the lineup. He actually leads this team in RBIs and right now it's a guy that's going to hit fourth or fifth in the lineup and it's going to turn out to be probably one of the best pickups this year. You know, Dan Vogelbach's another guy too. When you looked at it, you said, okay, Where's the playing time coming from? There's a, a logjam here. But if he goes out there and continues to hit, he's going to stick in the lineup. So a lot of times, you know, you question yourself. But if you're aggressive and these guys pan out and hit, you know, you could get a, a potential difference maker for the whole season. I'm going to equate Dan Vogelbach to Alvin Kamara. Do you remember when Kamara was never going to play, right? There was Peterson, there was Ingram, and then Kamara was the third guy. I think Vogelbach is the same way. I think this kid is a special hitter. But there was an Encarnacion. There was Ryan Healy, right? There were guys in front of him. There was Jay Bruce. But I think Vogelbach is going to earn significant playing time. They're going to move one of those guys as quickly as they can. There's, I mean, the only thing that stops Vogelbach is the fact that he doesn't hit lefties very well. But at this point, I want to see what he could do against lefties. The guy's, hit, the guy's crushing righties. Let's give him a couple of bats against lefties. I mean, maybe he turns out to be Jock Peterson. Maybe he doesn't. But, man, I, don't th- I think the Mariners really were patient with this guy. He was running out of chances, but they gave him one last chance, Ronis, and it's paid off. Yeah, it has so far. He's drawing a ton of walks and uh, hitting for power, hitting a ton of fly balls. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Mariners do here because I think their plan all along was not to contend and to move some of these veterans. But, you know, right now they're playing well. They've obviously cooled off a little bit, and I'm not surprised. I just don't think they have enough pitching. So, uh, they're going to have to decide, all right, are we in this? Uh, you know, they're, what, 16-9 and nine right now? Obviously, I think they feel that Houston is the best team and going to win that division. And I know Houston's 13-9, and nine, but they've only played seven games at home out of their 22. You know Houston's more than likely, unless they get hit with a rash of injuries, going to win that division. And then the Mariners have to decide, all right, do we have enough to compete for a wild card, and is it worth it? So, uh, you know, I think the next month or two will be key in, in what they do. I do, too. I Look, they have to make room for this guy. Look, I was lucky. I picked up Vogelbach pretty much in every league uh, last week. I was on it a week before it happened. I didn't get him in tout, but I got him in FSTA. I got him in labor. I got him all over the place. But it's, you know, look, they, those guys don't come up that often. You know, guys come up in, in Major League Baseball who we think are going to have an impact, but they don't always have an impact. This guy's making an immediate impact on him. Yeah, he has, and... Uh, you know, he was picked up uh, very early in the season, too. I don't think people, a lot of people waited around, and uh, that's the key. In the real competitive leagues like the high-stakes NFBC, you can't wait. you got to grab these guys 
You know, they're, you know, I picked up Hector Neris in three leagues two weeks ago. He went for $200 this right. past week in, in the NFBC. So you got to jump on these guys early because otherwise you're going to spend money. And then if you spend more money and it doesn't work out, I mean, look at Tuki Tassan. <laughs> People <laughs> spend a lot of money for him. He looked great against the Mets when he came in relief. He went against Cleveland and got bombed, sent down to the minor leagues. So it's such a, it's such an advantage if you're on like we'll use Neris and Vogelbach same right if you were on Neris two weeks ago you're getting him for twenty thirty bucks last week you're getting him for two hundred three hundred dollars and just like you said if he's not any good what's the difference you're talking about one hundred eighty to two hundred eighty dollar difference in your team fab budget it's a it's a, a monument monumental difference so if you if you can be a little proactive it really pays off. Yeah, and it's one of the keys to having success in fab. It's all sports, you know, especially now with so much information out there. You got to jump on these guys early and speculate. And if you only do it for, you know, 10, 20, 30 bucks and it doesn't work out, it's not a big deal. You can deal with that loss. You know, you didn't spend a significant amount of your budget. When you're spending two, 250 and it doesn't work out, that's where it's a problem. I mean, the people who went out and spent one quarter of their budget on Tuki Toussaint, man. How are you feeling today? Because that's a guy you probably look. Could he be back up? Yes. I mean, the Braves might shuffle that rotation, but you gotta feel that basically he is lower in their eyes compared to the other pitchers because he did not start the year with the major league team, and they basically gave him one start, and you know he was terrible, and they sent him down, and they have Mike Soroka, they have Fulton Awich coming back, Gossman's not going anywhere, Toronto's not going anywhere, so. They do have a lot of arms, and maybe Look, they. My favorite arm is my spot. favorite arm is, is Ian Anderson. Adam, he's my favorite arm down there, by the way. And I don't, I don't think he's going to get a shot uh, anytime soon. No, I agree, but I'm just saying I, I think they have some guys down there who might be better than than Tuki Tucson. I think I would be trading Tuki Tucson. I just don't know what you can get for him. Maybe you, he lost a lot of luster considering that terrible start. Yeah, I don't think you can get anything from him right now. I mean, he's a guy that's going to be dropped, but that's where you have to be really careful. Uh, in fab is, you know, you got to make sure that you get these guys cheap before. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world, but it's better to speculate with those cheap dollar uh, potential hits than spending one quarter of your budget on a guy that potentially doesn't work out or gets sent down or loses his job. It's easy when, you are, when you're a member of Scal Fantasy Sports, Ramos. Yeah, you'll get that uh, ahead of time. Did you see that big four-for-one Easter sale? We promoted it just a little bit over the weekend. Yeah, it ended uh, midnight on yeah. Sunday. I hope people took advantage of it. That was a good deal. All right, let's take a look at tonight's uh, slate in Major League Baseball, Adam. Let's start with the 6-10 games. I don't think those games are going to be added into the slate. Did you see that? I know they're not in, in DraftKings. Did you see if they were in FanDuel? I did not check FanDuel. Okay, I'll have to like take a look. All right, but this is an important one. Pablo Lopez against Carlos Carrasco, Miami at Cleveland. I would be using Carrasco if I could use that game. Let me see. Would you like Carrasco tonight? You'd have to, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. Against the Marlins, uh, he was better his last time out. I know he's had a couple disastrous starts this year. But, yeah, it's hard not to like Carrasco. All right, let's see here. There is no Carrasco. The most expensive pitcher on tonight's slate is Domingo Herman Ronas, not Carlos Carrasco. On Fandle? Yep. 9300 dude. Yeah, I like him too. It's just, it's hard to comprehend spending that much on Herman, but yeah. he's in a good spot. Angels not hitting. Herman obviously has some issues at times with walks and home runs, but man, he's got a dominant arm and he can rack up the strikeouts. I'm just going to, I'm going to tell people out there a little secret sauce. 
I've been very successful this year so far in DFS baseball runners. And you know what my trick has been? Not spending any money on pitching. Trying to find the, the best pitcher for the cheapest price I can find and load up on bats with a juice ball out there. Yeah, and I think people are kind of headed in that direction. I think you're kind of seeing it more and more uh, because, you know, you just need a cheap pitcher that can just give you 15 points and just keep you in the mix and hope that your bats hit. They're going to have if, – if, if, if Major League Baseball stays the way it is this year – I think FanDuel and DraftKings are going to have to readjust something, whether it's the hitting salaries or the pitcher points, because Herman, I'm being quite honest here, I don't think he goes more than six innings. Kenta Maeda, six innings. If I'm only getting six innings from guys, how many points are they going to accrue for me? The, 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 the days of 72 points by Max Scherzer seem to be long gone right now. Yeah, he's even, you know, against the Marlins, you thought he was a lock, and he had his worst outing of the season. And we've seen all the ace pitchers get beat up pretty badly. Uh, but I think Herman, even in six innings, can get 10Ks. I think he's definitely capable of that. Well, that's for sure true. All right, we'll just talk very briefly about Gossman against Gray, even though it's not in the fan duel lineup or the DraftKings. Sonny Gray's on a roll, Ronas. He is. I liked him going to the year, and everyone started to say after his first outing of the year, oh, my God, he sucks. It's not changing parks. He just wasn't good the first outing. You couldn't find the strike zone. It was a cold day. I believe it was in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, he's been really good since. He's coming off a good start against the Dodgers. Uh, so he's a two-star pitcher this week, and uh, every league I have him, he's in there. All right, let's get to the night slate then now. The White Sox against the Orioles. Ivan Nova against Andrew Kashner. The White Sox are favored on the road. Over and under is 10. Normally, I like picking on Kashner, but I don't know. Something says he's going to win like six games. Could this be one of them? That's possible, but I think you could pick on him. I think the White Sox have some you know, bats in a, an appealing spot. It's a good ballpark, so neither pitcher is obviously someone you want to use, but it, it is 9.5, and, and Kashner's ERA is approaching 5. He is 3-1 and one somehow. I will say that Beef Wellington Castillo, Ronas, hits a home run tonight. Yeah, he's been pretty cold, but he did hit a big home run the other day to, uh, to help uh, win a game for them. And he's batting fifth, and he played in Camden Yards. I'm just throwing it out there. I like it. All right, this is an interesting one here. Diamondbacks against the Pirates. Luke Weaver, who's been pitching well against Trevor Williams, who's been pitching well. Uh, Pittsburgh, a very, very slight favorite. It's eight runs, 17% chance of rain. Who do you like in this one? Uh, I like Weaver with the way he's pitched lately. Uh, and I know Williams has been pretty good too, but uh, I kind of like Weaver. But I don't know if I'm going to play either pitcher in this game. I think this could be a, a close battle between the two of them. So you, know, you don't think you're going to get the win? Yeah. I mean, yesterday, Musgrove was dominant. He's got a 4-1 lead, lead, leaves with two guys on base, and the bullpen proceeds to give up seven runs in that seventh inning. I know it's a killer. It really is a killer. All right, the San Francisco Giants against Toronto. Jeff the Shark Samarja against Trent Thornton. Uh, Toronto, uh, slight favorite, minus 120, eight and a half runs. I don't hate Trent Thornton in this spot, Ronas. I mean, it's, he's going against the poor offense. That's basically what you're looking at. Uh, he's not been good in his last two starts, but they were against AL teams, and the Giants' offense is really bad. So, uh, I mean, I guess you could use him in tournaments. He is pretty cheap. Uh, again, I don't think he's that good. You're really just playing the match pair against San Fran, and uh, Samarja is not a terrible play either uh, in GPPs with this Toronto lineup. 
If I can get Thor Thornton $6,700 though, he fits my food group. You know, that guy where I want to just spend very little on. Maybe he goes five innings and eight strikeouts. If that does it for you, then yeah, because it's a, a pretty cheap salary. Yeah. All right. Kansas City against Tampa Bay. Homer Bailey against Ryan Stanek. I don't know who's going to come in. And for, do we know who the, the pitcher is for the, uh, the Tampa Bay? Do they say who's coming in today? I haven't seen it. My guess is maybe it's Yarborough. I'd have to look and see where he last pitched, but I would think it's Yarborough. Chirinos went yesterday. Or Jalen Beeks. Got to be one of those two, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you like Homer Bailey's pitch pretty well this year? Yeah, he's cut 13 innings. Uh, he's allowed 12 strikeouts over his last 13 innings, one earned run, and then that splitter's been really good, and he's cheap. So uh, I think I would consider him if we're looking at cheap pitchers. Not the greatest matchup. Tampa Bay's a tough lineup, but no Meadows, Choi's out. So, yeah. All right, we'll take a look more, and we'll discuss the slate when we return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy. Greg, did you see this stupid article that came out saying Babe Ruth was the leader of the, the Yankees and it wasn't because, you know, he never strained his oblique because, yeah. you know, players are, are, are weightlifting too much? Did you see this stupid article? I did not see the article, but I've heard of that before. Apparently, all the Yankees players are getting hurt because they lift too many weights. Babe Ruth's Yankees are long gone. You know, he didn't miss time because he was just a fat dude who was able to just mash. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. It's here for fantasy football players and NFL bettors. The season starts now. The first round of the 2019 NFL Draft is this Thursday, April 25th. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only. 
at rotoexperts.com. All right, so it does look like Jalen Beeks is going to come in after uh, the first inning there, Rona. So he's, he's $5,900 on DraftKings if people want him. All right, Detroit and Boston in the second half of a doubleheader. Spencer Turnbull, who I happen to like a little bit, Adam, against Hector Velasquez, who I don't like, Adam, but I don't think I want to use anybody in this game, I don't think. Yeah, I know Boston is still really not yet hit their stride. They have two runs through five innings today, but that's against Matt Boyd, who I think is a, a real good pitcher. I think he's just finally put it together. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to roll with Turnbull tonight. All right, Philadelphia against the Mets. Zach Eflin against Zach Wheeler, the battle of the Zachs, one with an H and one with a K. Uh, the Mets are a minus 135, eight and a half run total here. Uh, could I load up on Mets? I'm just saying maybe Alonzo, Cano, Conforto, McNeil. Would you load up against Eflin? I don't think so. I think Eflin's a pretty good pitcher. It's kind of ironic that uh, his worst outing was against the Marlins, but uh, he, he was actually pretty solid his last time out at Coors. So, uh, I, you know, the Mets are a team that does hit a lot of home runs. They also strike out a lot. I don't know if I'd stack them against Eflin. I think Eflin could have a pretty good outing. Okay. Milwaukee against St. Louis. Zach Davies. A lot of Zachs tonight. Against Daniel Ponce de Leon. Um, this, but this is strange here. Maybe because of Ponce de Leon, the Cardinals are only a minus 125, so a very prohibitive favorite. Uh, nine is the total. I would like to stack Cardinals here, Ronas, but I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I know Davies has pitched to a 1.190 ERA, but he's not that good. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. Uh, so I do think that the Cardinals' bats are definitely in play tonight. All right, the Dodgers against the Cubs. Kenta Maeda against Jose Quintana. Quintana's pitched very well recently, but I don't know. Something tells me maybe this is a Dodger stack. Uh, is the wind blowing out? It's going to be a little cold. That does worry me. Uh, the Cubs are a slight, slight favorite. Would you play Maeda? Would you play Quintana? Would you stack either team? Uh, I Maeda, I think, is in consideration, but... Uh, because the Cubs have really struggled against him in the past, and they're just not a good offensive team right now. Chris Bryant's done nothing. Uh, you wonder if that shoulder's an issue. Rizzo's been quiet. So I think he's in play. I know he's expensive, so that's why I don't know if I'm going to go there. Uh, Quintana, though, I worry about uh, you know these Dodger bats. Uh, I know that they got some big lefties, but uh, Quintana's coming off a couple good starts, but uh, not loving him in this spot against the Dodgers. Yeah, I like Kiki Hernandez. I like maybe Chris Taylor. I think I'm going to use some Dodgers tonight. Okay, this is a very interesting one, Adam. The Twins against the Astros. Wade Miley against Michael Pineda. Um, Wade Miley's very cheap on FanDuel tonight. You'd have to think he's in line for this win, or is he just a little too risky? Do you like who do you stack here tonight, and would you use either pitcher? Uh, I would not use either pitcher, and I don't think Miley's a lock for the win. Uh, the problem with Miley and why he's cheap is he doesn't get strikeouts. So that's why. if You, you know, he, he just hasn't been getting enough strikeouts, a lot of contact made against them, and uh, this Twins lineup is good. I mean, they have some uh, big right-handed bats. Uh, Jorge Polanco's on fire right now. Nelson Cruz is stinging the ball. Uh, his home run barrage hasn't come yet, but it's coming. Uh, Eddie Rosario's been on fire. I know it's lefty on lefty, but again, not a guy that throws gas. So... Uh, I don't think I'm using either pitcher tonight. I like I like that middle stack here with Cruz, Cron, Marwin, Scope. I like that stack a little bit, Ronas, tonight. 
Yeah, I mean, against a left-handed pitcher that doesn't get a lot of Ks, uh, I think that Twins, uh, those bats are in play. All right, this one is, this is, you know, when you're at Coors, this is always a mess here. Patrick Corbin goes up against Jeff Hoffman. I don't know anything about Jeff Hoffman. The line here is minus 130, 10 runs. Are you playing Rockies or Nationals? Uh, I don't, I wouldn't be playing Rockies against Corbin. Uh, this guy's really good, and uh, I know it's Coors Field, but uh, I think Corbin can can have a good game here. I know people are not going to play him, but uh, I think Corbin uh can be fine here. I know he doesn't have a great history at Coors, but you know he's really kind of stepped up uh, and become a different pitcher going back to last year, and he's been good so far. You know, we've talked about a lot of aces that have struggled. Corbin's been one that hasn't, so uh, I think Corbin's uh, in a pretty good spot here tonight. So I, I wouldn't play a lot of the Rockies bats. All right, we've got a call here as we continue on. Jason, Louisiana, what's going on, my friend? Fellas, uh, first time caller to this show, but I love the network. Um, I got an honest question to ask. Um, going to my first Astros game at Minute Maid Park, and I have a choice between Verlander or I have a choice between Cole. Who would you go watch and why? Uh, for me, I mean, look, they're both great. Uh, if it was up to me, it would be Cole. I just think Cole is the better pitcher right now. Uh, I know the numbers look bad because of that one outing the other day. There were some rumors that he was tipping his pitches, but, you know, his strikeout rate is still very high. The walk rate's good. It's one bad start. And as I mentioned, we've seen pretty much every starter, a starter this year, get hammered. I mean, it's crazy. Max Scherzer had a bad start against the Marlins. DeGrom's had a couple bad starts. Obviously, there was some elbow issue there, and it looks like he's fine. Uh, But I think Cole right now is the better pitcher, and it's, you know, it's close. You know, Verlander still has... That dominant stuff and throws hard, but if it was me personally, I'd rather see Cole. Jason, who are they playing, and when are you? When could you go? They're playing the Cleveland Indians, and I have a choice to either go Friday night or Saturday afternoon uh, because my brother is going to pick whichever game I don't want to go watch, and he's going to go to that one with All his right, so lights. So let's see. So you, the Cleveland Indians, Friday night is Trevor Bauer. Saturday afternoon is Shane Bieber. If you can get me Bauer against – oh, I think that's going to be McHugh. That's a McHugh Bauer on this Friday, Jason. I would see McHugh I, Bauer. It, it, it might have been, been Thursday. It, it's either they, – I know they, they play Thursday, Friday, yeah, Saturday. Right, so, so Thursday's – yeah, Thursday's Kluber against Cole. Friday's Bauer against McHugh, and Saturday's Bieber against Peacock. So Kluber-Cole is a really good matchup. Bauer-McHugh is a really good matchup. I would go to either of those. I'd actually, if I had to choose of the pitchers, I'd take Bauer over Cole and Verlander. Bauer's fun to watch, dude. I think Bauer, you can make a case that, uh, I think you can make a case that he's the number one fantasy pitcher the rest of the season. But if Jason might be rankings. he might be rooting for the Astros. He doesn't want to see Bauer pitch because then he wouldn't see a win. No, I know. Just throwing it out there. All right, Jason, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you, all right? Thank you, sir. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. All right, so let's keep on going with tonight's slate, Adam. Um, so watch, oh, Colorado, are you stacking your nationals tonight against Jeff Hoffman? Sounds like a guy I went to school with. Uh, I think you can. The problem is some of their prices are going to be high because they're in course field. But, you know, Dozier's eating up a little bit. 
Uh, he's, I think, 43 on DK. You, know, you could look at Soto. We'll see if Rendon's back in the lineup. He wasn't in the lineup yesterday after getting hit by a pitch on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you can with the Nats. And we saw Hoffman briefly last year, mostly out of relief for the Rockies. It's interesting you mentioned that when, when guys are super expensive like that, sometimes I go with like the lesser owned guys, maybe Suzuki and Dozier and Zimmerman, because I can afford them. I can't really afford Rendon and Soto. So that's sometimes I do that. All right. Texas against the A's. My boy, Frankie Montes. I'm, I think he may be my guy tonight, Ronis. Montes has looked great. He's pitching at home. Uh, it's a minus 150 against Lance Lynn, who I don't like that much. Can you talk me off him tonight? No, I think he's in play. I mean, Texas, obviously, on the road is better than in Texas. They've obviously been hitting quite a bit, and they do have some potent bats. But Montas has had, I think, a couple starts against Houston. has been pretty good. You know, that splitter is the key. You know, he's using that pitch a lot more and has had been effective. So uh, this is a lineup, too, that does have guys who strike out quite a bit. So I think uh, if you're looking to save, you can go on that end. All right, Yankees against the Angels. We mentioned Domingo Herman against Chris Stratton. Uh, the Yankee lineup made Matt Harvey actually look pretty good yesterday. I do like Domingo Herman. I, I just a lot of money. I don't want to be the guy investing ninety three hundred in Herman, but he does. He may have the most significant upside tonight, Adam. Yeah, I think he does. I mean, uh, I could see him striking out ten tonight. You know, again, the key is just to kind of. Stay away from the home run ball, not put too many men on base because then that will elevate his pitch count and off to come out early. They're obviously, I think, going to try and extend them tonight. They had to go deep into the bullpen last night, a 14-inning game. So uh, it's surprising that they made him the most expensive, but it makes sense because, uh, you know, when I look at this slate without pricing, I'm like, yeah, Herman's the guy I want. Then I see the pricing. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I have to double-think this, but uh, I do think he has a – Big-time upside, and uh, Stratton is garbage. Uh, so even this bad Yankees lineup should be able to, to get some runs off him. Yeah, I was thinking like the DJ, uh, Gleiber, Voigt stack. You like that stack? Uh, yeah, I think that's fine. Frazier, if he's in there, uh, Voigt, Torres, uh, maybe even Talkman. I know he wasn't good last night, but uh, going against a, a righty here today. Yeah, I think, I mean, could you imagine stacking the Yankees in that lineup? Boy, the, problem, the problem is I just don't think the Yankees score eight runs. And the problem is if the Yankees score four and my guys do it, it's good, but it's not going to win me a big – I'm not going to be a rich friend on it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to rely on some of those bats because they're unproven. Yeah. All right, this was an interesting one here. Seattle against San Diego. Eric Swanson dinner against Nick Marjavicious. Marjavicious pitched horribly last time out, but the three outings before that were all good. Swanson looked pretty good in his last outing. I think this is a game that people may pick on, but I don't know if they should. Yeah, we've only seen one outing from Swanson. Uh, I thought he was an interesting two-start streamer this week in deeper formats. He's going to get an opportunity, so I got to think he's cheap. Uh, in San Diego, it just hasn't been a potent lineup, and there's some strikeouts in there as well. Uh, Marjevich is not a hard thrower. He only throws 88-89. So uh, I know he's had three good starts and a bad one, but with some of those right-handed power bats for the Mariners, it's a little bit concerning. I was kind of forced to start Marjevich in a weekly league this week because I had Waka in, and then he went on the injured list after waiver wire. So 
kind of holding my breath here. San Diego is favorites minus 124. I don't know. I could see me doing like an Encarnacion, Beckham, Healy, Murphy, you know, one of those just right-handers and one of those guys. I mean, they have a pretty good lineup against uh, lefties here, Seattle. Hanniger, Santana, Encarnacion, Healy, all these guys can hit. For sure. And, uh, you know, San Diego is not the park that it once was. You know, you don't have to be afraid of it. So let's see. I'm just writing some names down here because I don't want to forget. Who is your number? If you have one starter that you could put money on, who are you doing? Who are you putting it on? Pitching? Yeah. I'm probably going to go Herman. All right. So if you're down to your last $5 in the whole world that's going on Domingo, what's your stack you're going with tonight? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go with a stack, but if I do, I'm kind of leaning either Minnesota or the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals are a good stack tonight. You really like Minnesota. You don't like me, Miley. I mean, I do. I have him in a couple seasonal leagues. I think one or two, but I'm scared of this matchup. I mean, he's allowing a lot of contact, and, you know, Minnesota is a good lineup. I don't think the Twins have really started to hit yet either. Does that seem like they've been hitting but not really crushing the ball? Yeah, no, they haven't really heated up yet, uh, and they will. Uh, I, I like that lineup. I like it going into the year. I mean, you know, Rosario's been on fire. Polanco's been on fire. Cruz hasn't heated up yet. Kepler hasn't heated up yet. Uh, Buxton's been okay. But, yeah, they really have not put it all together just yet. Yeah, I think when they will, I mean, I do like Mitch Garver batting in that first. I think that's ballsy, but I like it. I mean, that guy, that dude can hit home runs. He's strong. Well, they did it when Kepler was out. He was ill over the weekend. So I don't think that's something you're going to see regularly. No, it's confirmed tonight. Garver's leading off. Kepler's out? No, Kepler's the batting eighth. Oh, I guess because of a lefty, they pushed him down. Because of a lefty, yeah, they pushed him down. I think I'm going to go either Herman. I like Frankie Montes a lot tonight. I think Swanson's interesting too. Maybe, maybe I'm delusional. I, I'm always trying to find that cheap pitcher on us. I think for me it's either Swanson or it's going to be Trent Thornton against the crappy um, Giants. Can you get behind either of those guys? Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think Thornton's that good, but I think you're just picking on the Giants lineup, which is really bad. I mean, you prefer to get them in San Fran. Any park outside of them is a little bit of an upgrade for them, but they're just not a good lineup. Yeah, they really are not. But then again, looking at the Blue Jays, that's a crappy lineup too. Yeah, no, it is. That's why I think Samarja is not terrible either. I don't know if I'd use him in DFS, but seasonal long, I think you can roll with him. No, that's a good point. All right, I'm trying to think also, yeah, the um, my stack tonight, I'm thinking the White Sox against Kashner. I like them. And... I think I'm, I think I'm with you on that on that minor Yankee stack. By the way, I think the Yankees against Stratton could be interesting, and they may be very low owned. They probably will be because people look at them, and it's not the same Yankee team. Everyone's aware of all the injuries, and you know they don't have the big names. But we know we saw Voight Homer yesterday. We know what Torres can do, and Stratton is just not a good pitcher. I don't know why the Angels bothered picking him up. Don't you feel like when we talk about these slates every night that at least half these pitchers suck? Yeah, I mean, it's just I think the average ERA in baseball right now is like 4.37 uh, the last I saw. So with the ball potentially being juiced, home runs flying out, and the weather hasn't even heated up yet, uh, it's just uh, a lot of pitchers that you don't trust, and it makes it really difficult to kind of stream in the season-long game right now. But there are some nights where I used to be like, oh, my God, I'm not playing DFS. All these guys are good. Now I'm like, I don't know. I, I, could, I need 27 lineups tonight just to get all the teams I want in there if I could put all the permutations in, Adam. 
Well, yeah, when you have Cole with an ERA near five, Syndergaard over five, Nola, that's the problem is the guys who we expected to be aces have had that one terrible start or at least two bad starts, and their ERAs are, are really high. And, you know, we saw with Carrasco, uh, just a lot of top-tier star- starters have had that one bad outing that have inflated their numbers. All right, who's coming up in hour number two, Adam? Uh, Sean Child, Scout Fantasy Sports. He'll join me at 3.20 p.m. You talking baseball or football, Sean? I'll talk baseball. I can't wait. To, I mean, I'm looking forward to talking a little football. Are you getting excited for the draft this week? But your, your Cowboys really aren't drafting that much. Well, they don't have a first-round pick, so not much excitement for me on Thursday. Do they have a second-round pick? Uh, I believe so. I got to yeah. check. Well, look, if, really w- would, you do, would you want your first-round pick? You want Amari Cooper? Uh, Amari Cooper, man, because you'd probably take a receiver there anyway, and there's a chance that the guy uh, will bust. And we saw the chemistry between Dak and Cooper, so yeah. wasn't didn't love it at first, but obviously it worked out. Yeah, I like it a lot. All right, guys, this is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. Keep it right here for one more hour of Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam will be back with you right after this.